Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of All Things Suck. So this is the show where we talk about the things that we find horrible, that are annoying, and they could be catastrophic, or they could be the minor things that someone goes, yeah, I'm oh, sorry mate, you know, we've got bigger issues. But hey, the issues are here and we shall address them. With me today, someone who definitely doesn't suck, and an old college buddy from, God, nearly 16 years ago now. I am very happy to welcome Mr. Mark Thomas. Um, why am I saying Mark Thomas? I'm, I'm going I'm going very off, off track. Let's get my name wrong. Yes, Mark Taylor. Sorry. <laughs> Do you, you, know, you know why? Because I was, I was reading some article and who was the author of it? It was Mark Mark Thomas. I was like, hmm, no. No, Mark Taylor. Hello. We can always edit that out, like, can't we? So, um... I, I could or I could just leave it in because, you know, it shows that we're not perfect. That's, that's, that's a very good point. Anyway, let's let's try again. Mr. Mark Taylor. That's that's better. That's better. <laughs> Fucking hell. Could have some, uh, some entrance theme music like a wrestler. This, this, this show doesn't have that kind of budget, you know. Ah, that's a, and I that's can't really fact. do the licenses on that either. So. I'm sure if I get in contact with old Vince McMahon or something like that, then <laughs> Frankly, will tell you where to go. Go on, who's, uh, go on if you were going to steal a wrestler's theme tune, what one would you, what one would you opt for? It has to be old Stone Cold Steve Austin's, um, the old glass shattering, and uh, everyone knows it's business time as soon as that music hits. Ah, very nice. Anyway, let's see what business is a cooking. So, Mark, what sucks? Well, I've, I've been when you approached me about um, the, the theme that you were going for, uh, I, it, it came quite instant actually like um something i've been moaning about for quite some time is um the whole social media aspect the past not even just the past year and probably the past probably since brexit probably Uh, in in my my view it's social media is just been hijacked and it's not it's not um doing what it's intended to do originally uh, i don't think like um do you uh, get what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it feels like that the the idea of social media was about bringing people together, but it almost feels like it's pushing people apart. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's sort of a big breeding ground for. It. If I log on to some former social media, it's, it's, it tends to be a look like a war ground on on there at times, and and it's there. Are, there are a lot of good points, not just on, I'm on there. So you know, um, there are a lot of good points on there, but there's just these. Especially the past, yeah, if we use COVID as an example, and uh, as it's the the current thing going on right now and, and, effect, and affecting everybody, you've got this whole ether of, of people, you know, that, um, that they believe it's a, a scamdemic, a plandemic. And, and Joe, got... I like that word, scamdemic. I've, I've not actually heard that one. That's quite a. That's quite a good buzzword, you know. Uh, yes, you're just a follower of the scamdemic, you wanker. Yeah, I like that. That's quite a good term. And, and you have these, um, you have these people that have got such fast opinions on it. And whatever side of the spectrum you sit on, well, whatever you believe, I just feel like it's two sides are still being played because you've got the people talking about knowing the science and understanding the science. Where I think for people like me and you and everybody else uh, most people they don't really fully understand the, the science and i think you know the the biggest thing is you know talking about social media 
the scaremongering comes a lot from people that, you know, they feel they have the answers, you know. Oh, you know, a vaccine is basically just a reason to to follow you, to track you. Um, right, does no one realise that we have mobile phones, we have oh, CCTV, we have all this stuff that actually just tracks us all the time anyway? Yeah, I mean, even social media itself, um, mm. when you make a post, it knows where you've posted from, so... You know, uh, again, you hit a very good point. We have everyone has a mobile phone. Well, near enough, everybody. Yeah. Um, and it, you just look at it, and it's just a, a complete mess. Um, what's going on out there? And you see people just bickering over, over, over things. And it's just sometimes you just have to switch off externally. And I mean, that's what I've done lately. Sort of, I know it's a bit ignorant to sort of bury your head in the sand, but think it's right now people should be sort of focusing on themselves and figuring out where they want to go next um, when this is all over talking about you know trying to trying to basically get yourself in a better headspace what do you do personally that helps you you know helps you relax helps you forget about the shit show that is the world at the moment I mean, I'm an overthinker, so it's it's very hard for me to <laughs> it's very hard for me to shut off. So, I mean, as I said, I sort of close down uh, social media a little bit. I mean, I, I do go on there um, to, to have a look at some certain things. But I would sort of bury bury my head in the sand, and I I would switch off the news and I sort of avoid certain articles because you know uh, I don't want to ignore what's going on, and you know as long as I'm responsible, um, then it, you know, it doesn't really, really matter. But what I do is I, I meditate a lot these days. Um, I go for a lot of walk exercises. I mean, it does become, it has become really mundane um, because, you know, you just want to have some stuff to look forward to because I was saying to friends, you know, I mean, I like having a chilled out weekend, but it's not every weekend. It's nice to have something to look forward to. And, and there are things to look forward to. You just have to, have a positive mindset that there is there that there is an end to this it's, all these things that are happening are not going to last forever i mean it's just because it's been a long journey for everybody and we've had to adjust to things we're not really um used to i mean i mean i would be getting sick of people posting a picture of like loads of people at the beach and complaining of that and worrying about um people at the beach and stuff like that and how do they not realize and stuff you can't control things like it's just a lot of things you can't control and especially what's going on right now you can't control what's happening and it's beyond it's beyond that um and people complaining that when they went to the supermarket that uh, this person can keep their two meter distances and uh, i think you know one it's uh, it's an, uh, not a natural behavior um and the supermarkets aren't really designed for that either. Um, I mean, I just think it's just a waste of energy. And, you know, um, as long as everyone's doing the right things and not going out when they're, when they're ill and trying to keep a, a distance as much as they can, um, you know, but I think it's made everyone a bit highly strung and, and right, rightly so, because I think everybody's, you know, really fed up now. Um, you know, I mean, I found it, I found the last few months quite difficult. Um, the winter months were quite hard, and um, because where I said I would go out and exercise and 
and stuff like that. I, you just didn't want to go outside. Um, and it, obviously, where it gets where it gets darker earlier as well. I think a lot of like um, I've learned a lot as well um, about myself, um, and I learned that I think I'm hoping that a lot of people will sort of value their uh, friendships and relationships with people a lot more, and just appreciate the little things. I do love how deep that really went. That was, uh, and you know, th- this is it. A lot of people have got, you know, have had. Yeah, you know, it's not just it's not just a handful. The whole world has had a rough year. It's been, you know, it's yeah. been it's been it's been fucking awful. And you think now we're we're more than twelve months since lockdown was first initiated in the UK. We are still well at this moment in time, as of recording on the second of April, we are seeing the easing of lockdown. And it's that difference between people being told, well, look, there are certain freedoms you can have, but be careful. So you're getting that side, and pe- most people are going, do you know what, I haven't seen my friend, I haven't seen my family, I haven't seen whoever for so long. It'll be nice, wouldn't it, you know, if I can say, yeah, if it's a nice enough weather at the weekend, let's go and sit in the garden, you know, let's have a couple of drinks, let's, you know, let's, let's have a bit of togetherness time again. And some people are just going, yep, fucking party! It's like, yep, you're going to be the guys that are going to fucking ruin it for us yet again. Because if you didn't learn it the first time around, why are you going to learn it the 20th time around this? It gets to a point where, I, d- I don't know, and I kind of I kind of almost regretted it when I said it. I still stand by it by a little bit. I said that people who blatantly break these rules that put us in the predicament that we've continued to be in, that have really, you know, proven to be a danger to society, have been the the super spreaders, let's say. I honestly think these people should be made example of. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like I know I know it sounds horrible, but they should have their face plastered over billboards, over social media to have an example made of them. Going, look, if you want to be like this person, these are the consequences. If you put a face to the actions. I think that has a bigger effect. But no, we hear all this random stuff like, oh, 10,000 people have been given fines. Um, Yeah, no, they probably haven't been given fines. You're just saying that to try and upset people, to try and make people um, bow to your whim. And, you know, I understand the theory. No one wants to put a penalty on people. No one wants to put a hold on your lives, wants to really stop you from doing what you're doing. But, yeah, this is something that, in our lifetime, we've never had to deal with before. We've never had to, you know, shut ourselves off from reality. We've not had to put everything to a stop. You know, in the last year alone, I felt it in terms of very, very silly things. You know, even like not being able to go to the cinema. You know, I, I love cinema. I love that idea of being in that room, experiencing something different each time you're in front of that big screen. Even even if you've got to, you know, tread through the sticky floor and the £5 bucket of popcorn, which, you know, really isn't worth the money. And the drink as well, you know, the drink that halfway through the movie, you're like, right, do I hold it now and risk giving myself a bladder infection? Or do I go and potentially miss something that I'm really wanting to see? This is, these are the things risk that the I miss. Risk the bladder infection. Yeah. That's why I would you all pee in the cup. I haven't gone that bad. Although watching the Avengers Endgame, uh, watching the premiere of that in 2019, that was 
ever so close. Got to about an hour and 30 and I was like, right, why did I get the one litre cup of drink? Why did I do that? And kind of, kind of like, you're trying to focus on the screen, but at the same time, you don't want to focus absolutely too much because you might relax the rest of you. And uh, yeah, let's just say that the um, people that are sitting in front of you, they, I don't think they'll appreciate the sudden warmth that's going to that's gonna come from yourself. I think some people might. Um, <laughs> not not can... on a May day when it's already quite warm. I don't think they'll really go over that. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you mentioned um, about um, obviously making examples of people and uh, break yeah. the rules. And I think, again, it comes back to that point where it's really hard to control people's actions. You're, yeah. you're, trying, to, you're trying to tell over about 70 million people you know what dictates them what to do and that's just impossible um you know uh yeah i mean there has been some ignorance on it like i mean i think at the start at the start of this i was quite um worried about it and then i was a bit blase about it and then and and then i've just been responsible about it. so i've gone through the motions of it and you know as you said i miss this, just the simple things of going to the cinema as well and definitely miss going going out to the going out to the pub and seeing friends and i think it's uh, as a as people we're not meant to be like um we're a very social a social species i guess like i know it's, i'm getting a bit deep again but we i think that's that's what people have missed and i mm. I, I do understand but you know it's there's just so much things that are out of your control and even even i'm guilty of um you know having worrying about things that are beyond my control and i think we all are um when something that comes along in your life and there's nothing you can do than be a bystander and watch it play out if this had happened 20 years ago you know i'm not saying it would have been any better or any worse by any means but it's i think what makes it different is that come 2020 we had so many different means of communication you know we've got yeah. you know we've got things like you know how we're conversing today we're conversing through teams you've also got zoom you've got facebook you've got twitter you've got you know you've had some like snapchat you've got the um, facetime you've got so many ways of interacting with people and seeing a face sometimes can make a big difference hearing someone's voice that you ain't heard for a while can definitely make you feel better and then like I say, in some ways that's made it quite good because you feel like you have still got that connection. But then, I don't know, for me, at times that's been quite good. But in other ways, you think, like, I, I still miss that physical interaction, you know, especially especially yeah. when you're around a group of friends and you're having a drink, you know, when you can clink your glasses to a celebration of, you know, whatever. You it's, can, you can yeah. you know, you get, into, you get into one of them, like, drunken huddles where... You're all like hold each other as if you're about to go and do a rugby tackle, but you can't pull away because you're so drunk. You're all leaning into each other. You can't actually stand back up again. I miss them days quite a lot. And then those days will come again. Um, yeah, we're not that far. I'm hoping that we're not far away. I'm going to be optimistic here, but um, no, they're not far away. And I think you touched on something about again. Um, there's nothing quite like being around people, and it's not the same you know, sitting down with someone face to face, you know, there's, you know, there's that, you pick up a vibe of people, don't you, you pick up an energy of, of people, and you, yeah, we, we just touched on, we, you yeah, know, we touched on the good points of social media, and, and the 
the, the open channels of communication. And as it, I think you sort of touched on it a little bit just there as well, it's just um, the impact and this has had on people mentally as well. Like, um, you know, it's been hard for everybody. Um, and this is another thing I, I really dislike about social media is it, when everyone be, heads pop up the parapet and they become an advocate for uh, mental health and and you just tell that it's not genuine and because then one minute we're talking about that as a focus and then the, the, the next month let's go back 12 months 12 13 months when caroline caroline flack took her life um there was a big campaign for a great cause of course um everyone was making awareness about uh, mental health and stuff like that. and then the next month we're all uh, in, in the supermarket resting over a bloody fucking toilet paper and, yeah yeah and um, <laughs> yeah that, that that was the fun days when you saw them coming out with the trolley worth and uh you know before it even got to the aisle it was destined for it had already been ravaged and there was little more than maybe a bit of plastic sheeting that was holding it together that would that would remain but yeah that i think with social media there is there is so many so many levels you know there is a level of information so you know you get told something that's happened there is then conversation when people interact and they talk about the certain subject and then you've got the you know you've got the debate which then comes afterwards because you've got people who have one view and then you have another and then the the most horrible one and the one that affects so many people are the trolls the ones who basically they have nothing better to do than to make people's lives absolute shit and not only do they do that but they will continue to do it over and over for for whatever reason you know they they obviously have no other no other impact in their own life nothing that can satisfy the shit show that they are probably having themselves and they go right so um, yes this this famous person oh they've had a bit of a downfall yes i'm going to i'm going to comment about their downfall over and over i'm not going to actually have any social life or anything myself because i'm a sad little shit but i shall copy and do this whatever i can up until whenever whenever i give up or someone else comes by and if yeah. you and if you are a troll, for one thing, I doubt you'd be listening to this because you know trolls are absolute cunts. But if you are a troll, let's just put it this way, all right? You need to get a life, okay? You need to go and see the outside world. You need to realise that actions and words have consequences. If you do something and you see whatever so long, you know, you've ended up putting someone in the hospital because of what you've said and done. If you, you know, it may not have been necessarily your words. But some people are very incorrigible. Some person who starts something, it'll then spread on to someone else. And this is how we see, you know, it's a different kind of radicalization in a way. Because people are getting this idea in their head that, you know, this is this is the way that you communicate. This is the way that things should be. No, it is not. If you do that, and I don't often say this word, but if you do that, if you purposely try to twist people, you try to make people suffer... For no reason apart from your own sick gains, you're a cunt. That's that. That's it. That's all there is to say. I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. There's, these kinds of people have got nothing better to do with their lives because they don't really have a life, so they just criticise everybody else's. Um, you know, yeah, they just pay attention to everybody else and and not really look at themselves. Because they don't want to look at themselves. 
and that's the sad thing about them, you know. Um, but some people get a kick out of it, and you know, as I said, like there's this. What I, I mean, what I despise is, I mean, it's, you said the troll's the worst person. I think someone that's disingenuous is the kind of worst person, and mm. um, someone that as I said advocates, um, yeah, that they're. Um, yeah, I'd say that's kind of yeah that that would be sort of like the next progression. But I think the trolls are the ones that you know, they're the ones that you see every day. These are the ones that are on your social media timeline. The ones that want to actually cause the ruckus. The ones that that you know have nothing better to do with their lives. And then you know th- th- there are so many levels. There are so many horrible levels and. We've even seen it in the last few years, and you know we're gonna we're gonna get slightly political here now. But um, the whole Shemima Begum thing, this yep. whole this whole idea that okay, to a degree, if we're gonna go the very, I'm gonna do the very unbiased bit first. So to a degree, yes, she was 15 years old. Okay, she was a young person. She went out to you know a war torn country. And she basically declared herself a terrorist in a way. She wanted to, you know, maybe not necessarily in her mind thinking she was going to inflict pain. But, you know, why else would you go and join a group like ISIS? Why would you then go and do something like that if you didn't think you were going to do anything bad? I understand that, you know, there are these groups that do manipulate young people. And some of them do get brainwashed, they do get radicalised, and these things have happened numerous times, and they still happen every day. I get that side of it. But at the same time, I would like to think that when I was 15 years old, I wouldn't have done anything like that. You know, I wouldn't have been... I I think, you know, we see some countries where children as young as, like, seven or eight years old can be put onto trial for actions. And, you know... If that happens, if if a child could be put on trial for something like that, if they can, if they can be you know held accountable for what they've done, surely a fifteen-year-old now twenty, twenty-one-year-old, I don't think there's really a difference. You know, this is someone who knowingly did what they did. It's not like it's not like you know it was literally like oh I've just gone in a car and oh I'm gone. I didn't have a second to think about it. No, she had to do quite a bit of travelling to you know, go over to be with IS and, you know, there, there is no way at any point in her mind was she probably gone, oh, well, it's too late now. It's like, no, no, you didn't even have to get in that car. You didn't have to go to the airport. You didn't have to get on that plane. You didn't have to do all that travelling. That was your own choice. And now, and it was the fact that even when she was trying to say, oh, you know, British people should have some should have some mercy, should have some decency to understand what I've been through. It's like, but you never at one point did you ever say you regretted what you did. There was no point did she ever say, yes, I shouldn't have done this and I'm sorry. She blatantly felt that she was still doing the right thing. She was just an arsehole, someone who just wanted to, you know, just wanted to take what she had been, okay, she had been brainwashed, you know, if there wasn't that aspect of the social media post that she'd seen, if she didn't have that, it could have been a completely different story. But no, she went on what she thought she was doing, and even to this day, she still thinks that she done the right thing. Fuck her, she can stay where she is. She is not welcome in a place like this, and I think that was one of the first true times I've seen an example of something like that, where someone who has actually, you know, has actually done something really stupid, 
something really pathetically stupid, and then they've tried to go in, yeah, do you know what, I want to come back now. It's like, no, no, why? Why would anyone think, yeah, yeah, let's set this potentially dangerous person back in the country? Just, it just boggles the mind. Well, yeah, but you can never know what someone is thinking. But you can always, we can always speculate on on various uh, various people's experiences of what they've done. Um, obviously, I do agree um, with you that she was fully aware of what she was doing. Um, hmm. You know, uh, but at the end of the day, she's made those decisions, and you have to live with those decisions. Yeah. Like decisions that we we all make, whether they're good or bad, as as people. We we have to live with the consequences, and you know we're all responsible for our actions. But yeah, yeah she um, she knew what she was doing, and as he's point touching a point where you don't know again, you don't know what, what was going through someone's mind, yeah. how this come to that decision. Um, we can all sit there and speculate, and I like to be as unbiased as possible. And I, I mean, I, I do agree with you that she's made her bed and, and she's got a lie in it. Um, from an unbiased point of view like you just don't know what someone's thinking and Hmm. how they come to those decisions you know there's many of these cases and i don't know if you've ever seen any of these programs about the people that have been like sentenced to death like you know they've been put on death row and you see you know some of them have this reflection they have this they had this thing that, you know, for the last 10, 15, 20 years, they've been saying, you know, every day I've regretted what I was doing. And, you know, you do feel for these people. And it's hard yeah. it's hard to separate the action that obviously put them in jail in the first place to the person that they are. And we do find that some of these things are, you know, we, they are momentary lapse. We do find that there are certain cases where people have done something that's so crazy and unexpected, so horrific, that, you know, you might have had a a completely different opinion of one person and all of a sudden within a matter of moments that 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 vision has just gone and i know that you will probably agree with me on one of these and i know that you being a, a fan of wrestling as you are um the whole situation with chris benoit from a good few years ago because that was <laughs> that was horrific you know that was the this was the idea that all of a sudden we've gone from this international superstar, this guy who, in in many people's eyes, couldn't do wrong, and then all of a sudden, he's gone, you know, on this horrific killing spree, and he's he's murdered his family and then himself. I, it, and you know, I I think because I kind of, I kind of was out of watching wrestling at that time. It. You know, it was horrible to see because I do remember him as a wrestler and I always enjoyed him when he was on. But, Mark, on your side, when you saw that story, I mean, how, I mean, what did that make you feel? Uh, I remember, uh, I, I, I was a big uh, fan of Chris Benoit, actually, a big fan of Chris Benoit. Um, I still, I, I still watch uh, occasionally today, I don't find it as a struggle to watch it today. Um but I still, uh, you know, tap into it. Uh, but and let's go back and go back to your question. Mm. I remember there was a, a pay-per-view event. He was supposed to wrestle, I think, CM Punk, I think. Uh, and they changed the match. And I was like, why have they changed the match? Did, didn't think any, anything of it. Um, I think they, the commentators mentioned that there was a, a, an emergency. Um, so obviously didn't think any, anything of it. 
Mm. Then the next night, uh, I remember seeing the opening of Raw was uh, in memory of Chris Benoit, and, and I was like, well, "What the fuck's happened here?" Like, uh, um, uh, just absolute shock of um, of someone that, had, had, that I admired had died, and obviously that. Um, not knowing what had happened at all yet, they did. A, I remember they did a three-hour tribute show, um, all the best bits of uh, Chris Benoit. Um, I think Vince Man at the start was um, was in an empty arena, and said they pretty much cancelled the show tonight. And tonight would be dedicated to Chris Benoit. Um, and uh, then, then the, the following night. On the Tuesday, I think it all came out about what what, what happened. Mm. And it was it was it was a, a massive massive shock um, because that that's something that completely rocked the industry and, and pretty much destroyed it. To be honest, um, you know this could go, story goes all the way back to uh, there's so many reasons that you can go into this for because this all started. Um, with uh, a depression about him losing his best friend, um, which was Eddie Guerrero, who also passed away. Um, and it was, uh, I watched a good documentary about it. It's called The Dark Side of the Ring. I'd recommend it to anyone, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Um, I'd recommend it to anyone because it's a really interesting TV series. And they did a Chris Benoit one. Uh, I knew some, some of the uh, story. Um, basically, uh, there was a guy called Christopher Nowinski who was an ex uh, wrestler, and he'd become he'd retired from the sport due to uh, concussions, too many of them. So, and he was a Harvard graduate as well, so he was quite an intelligent guy. And um, he 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 started a company where he would he would study the brain uh, concussions, and he studied Chris Benoit's brain, um, and they mentioned how. When they studied his brain, how was, his brain was pretty much deteriorating into a seventy-year-old man dementia patient. So, and that was probably all due to those flying headbutts and all those chair shots to the head. And mm. uh, it, it, I think it's not just in that world of wrestling. I think in any sport now. Um, yeah, we've heard a lot about it in football as well recently, yeah. haven't we? We've seen like some of the. Former footballers who have uh, who have spoken out about being diagnosed with dementia, and a lot of them have attributed it to yeah to um like you know header in the ball and you know if you think if you're if you think you've got a ball coming at you at you know sixty seventy mile an hour and you know you're literally whacking it on the side of your head into a goal. That you know that is gonna take a knock on your head. Your brain is definitely gonna have a shake at that. And uh, I I always remember when I was in school when uh, you used to have like the odd lessons and it, like you used to have the teacher that would encourage you go oh go on head of the ball and I was always like I, I don't want to really no I I don't want to head of the ball not that I was thinking about that side of it I was just like I don't really. I don't really feel that's what I want. I don't really want to have something like that knocking against my skull. I, I just don't feel comfortable. But, you know, people have had some very, you know, some very horrific head injuries. And, you know, we've... Concussions are serious. Like, um, I've had two before. Like, um, And you don't feel right for, for a few days afterwards. But, I mean, I've only ever had two. But if you're heading, heading a ball or you're... 
in any sort of particular context, Paul, um, you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. Mm. Essentially, one way or another. It's not uh, if it's when. Um, and this again points to how far we've come in about twenty years, and on certain things that we're making. It's a good thing that we're making light of, like you know, like um, looking after athletes from a uh, that mm. perspective, and not just that as well. We, I think there's a lot of stuff, other stuff that has come to light as well, like uh, that we're we're we're, we're looking at. But as I said the the message on on some other things is just gets lost, like on uh, you know racism, which I'm not, I don't really want to get into because it's not really fair for me to speak about objectives. Yeah, as, as two as two thirty something white men, I don't think that's really gonna gonna win us over. But no, we understand. We understand on our side that, you know, racism is a horrible thing. It's still a massive thing and at the moment there is the the big case in the US at the moment over the murder of of George Floyd. So we you know and this is something that's been a year in the making now. Yeah, and, I mean I can't yeah. speculate on because I've never experienced it for myself, so it's not really fair for me f- for me to comment uh, objectively, like yeah. because I can't and I can never understand it. To I think no. people like me and you, we know it's wrong and we would do it. Like um, yeah. there's other things as well. Like um, you know, uh, there's still hate in this world. Like whether you, regardless of your gender, your sexuality, your, your race. And it's great that we're having this discussion, um, but it just seems that it gets too volatile between people mm. because people are too far at the ends of the spectrum. And they just, I don't see why you can't agree on what is something that is right and wrong. It's very black and white to me. At yeah. yeah. end of the day, people are people, you know. If you see someone in the street... You know, they're going to have exactly the same inside of them as you're going to have inside of you. You know, they're still going to have blood. They're still going to have bodily organs. They still got the same skeleton, same kind of veins, same, you know, same network of just basically everything. You know, there is no difference between you and any other person that you see. People may look different. Doesn't mean that they're different, though. They can be exactly the same or maybe even better than you. I've used one of the examples as the um, the drummer from Def Leppard. You know, he only has one arm. But I bet you, I could fucking train to play the drums for the next 30 years. I will still never reach the quality of what that man can do with one yeah. arm. You know. That's thing. That's some people. Um, they accept their limit. They accept their limitations. Yeah. And that's quite sad. Like um, that you just limit yourself. <laughs> trying to help somebody out yeah that's the that's the thing and, uh, and you know it, it's nice when you can see someone that goes above you know something that you like many people just write someone off and go nah they you know they can't do anything or you know they they're not going to be as good as they are i argue that he is probably one of the best drummers in the world you know you've got people who can can you know can hold an audience for a good two or three hours you see some some drummers you know like, like, look at look at Roger Taylor. You know, one of the most influential drummers of all time. He, you know, he he is he is an absolute superstar. But I'd argue that as much as he is, you know, a legend in his own right, I wouldn't class him as a world class drummer. I wouldn't put him as you know a best of the best. Whereas from the and it's real bad because I can't think of his bloody name. But the but the fella from Def Leppard, 
I would class him as a world-class drummer. It's not even because he only has the one hand. He's just so good. And if you see him live, you can see not only has he got, obviously, like, you know, he's, he's beating the, the drums as best he can with the one arm. He actually has a whole collection of foot pedals for the rest of the drum kit. And this is, like, yeah. at times, like a 15, 16-piece drum kit. Now, I could barely play one. <laughs> so yes. to see someone do 16 drums in one go with one hand... It's fucking amazing. It's looking at um, your limitations and understand what you can and can't do. But there's, yeah. I mean, I'm a believer that you can achieve as much as you want to achieve. Obviously, there's sometimes there is a glass ceiling for people, but I think we we put those limitations there. Um, and sometimes it's getting out your comfort zone and going to do that. Like. I think when I was about ten or eleven, I I kind of hoped that. I could be like Goku from Dragon Ball Z and I, I could, you know, power up to Super Saiyan and be able to fly. But it never happens. It never worked out. That's just a dream, I'm afraid. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, all... as much as as much as like, you know, like you like you're in the squatting position and you're shouting out, you're roaring to the sky. No, it never happened. It never it never did go the way that I was hoping. I just looked like a fool. But then one of my mates tried doing the same as well. And uh, it was about after about twenty minutes, we're like, yeah, that's that's never going to happen. We we haven't got the chi to do that. We, you know, and plus it's a cartoon. You know, cartoons have uh, different rules than than the real world. Well, it's a bit. Well, reality is perception. Uh, you know, I, I I always talk about one of my other one of my idols in music, and that is the legendary Mister Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. Now, yeah. anyone who has seen Black Sabbath perform live. He is an absolute masterclass on the guitar. He's, his work is just incredible. When he was younger, in fact, when he was about teenage years, he lost two of his fingertips. I was going to say, um, yeah. yeah, I knew it was something to do with his fingers. Yeah, he lost two of his fingertips. And so he, he was already a guitar player before then, but then he found it really difficult to play the guitar after he had... Um, done so like after he'd had this accident but then someone who had had a similar injury um, gave him these little um, like almost like thimbles that he put on his fingers so yeah. now he was still actually able to play the guitar again and it was amazing when you and it was one of them things that I didn't realize until after I'd seen this little documentary and then when I saw him live when you see the close-up on the screen when you see the close-up of his hand you go Actually, yeah, he's wearing thimbles. I didn't realise that. And it's just one of them little things that you think is so minute. But I'll tell you what, he's a better guitar player than most people out there. And he's he, and it probably ain't gonna happen again unless they unless they do have yet another final tour, because you know, sometimes the money does dry up for some of these bands. But you know, if you ever get the chance to see Tony Army play, it is just a masterclass. And it's when you realise that, you know, this guy could have almost written himself off because because of a little accident. And uh, he went, no, I am going to progress. I am going to continue playing the guitar. I am going to be fucking awesome at it. And he was. And then, you know, a very... Um, I'm, I'm, I've got to bring this in because it was one of the things from last year that I kind of felt sickened when I was playing it. Um, have you played the Last of Us games? I haven't. I haven't been a gamer for a little while, actually. Ah, fair enough. There, there is a, it, it's, it's a very minute thing, but in the Last of Us Part Two, there is a character who loses a couple of fingers in a fight. 
I have and... seen. I have seen this. Yeah. Oh, you have seen this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, I watched my friend play it for hours because I was yeah. just immersed in it. <laughs> but so as she's trying to play the guitar, and the thing is, you can't even skip it. You have to during the game. You have to do these sections when you are playing the guitar as this character. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's the final one where you know th- these couple of fingers are gone, and you're still trying to play the guitar without them two fingers. And do you know what? I felt so fucking horrible doing that part of the game. I I never felt such hatred for myself. It's like, but why is the game making me do this? Why is it making me false this? And then I have to remember, you know, it's only a video game. It's not real. But still, it's so cruel when you're trying to make this person who has two less fingers play a guitar. It's, Whether it's... you're playing a game or watching a film or listening to music where, where it provokes some sort of emotion. And I think mm. the creator has done it, an intended job there and a job well done. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it has an impact, but it makes you feel like an absolute arsehole afterwards. You're like, why did I do that? And that was, I think that was the thing from that whole game. That was the one thing that really kept poking in my mind every now and again. It's like, I made, a, I made someone who had like half a hand play a guitar. Why, why would I do that? <laughs> why didn't I just turn the game off there and go, yeah, that's it, that's enough. Oh. I was going to have a little pun there, so your hand was forced, I guess. No? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that 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 would have been witty. <laughs> oh, do you, do you know what? There is there is so much horrible stuff in the world, and we do sometimes forget that there is some good. There is there is real good in the world. There is some good. Like uh, we don't focus on. Hmm. We focus, tend to focus on the negative, and yeah. and you know, and with everything that's going on, you know, there's been some horrific tragedies in the last year, but then we have had some quite. Quite fun stuff out of the tragedy. One of my favourites was, I think it was a couple of weeks after the pandemic was first really in full force. And I, as I said earlier, I've not really watched wrestling for a long time. But you see certain clips that come up online. There was this bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin when he's in the ring. But obviously the, the arena is empty. And he's trying to, like... He's trying to boast the crowd. He's trying to jostle the crowd, but there is no crowd. He's when he goes, can't get a hell yeah. It's yeah, just, uh, it's he just said, echoes um, of silence. It's brilliant. Uh, he, I thought, yeah. he mentioned that when he went on to that show, like, um, you know, I think, again, this goes to any person in sport or plays in front of a crowd mm. that you sort of, they always feed off that. And especially for people that work in wrestling, but that, that is their feedback as the live audience. Yeah. Because they, they can tell if they're doing something good or, or what they're doing is bad. And, but yeah. It was just that moment. It was just that moment when um, when he's obviously doing this 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 shout into the crowd, but there's no one there. Obviously, I think it was played for laughs in a way. It was trying to trying to make a bit of like a like a bit of a lighthearted moment in what is obviously a very dark time in human history. But it worked. It was it was quite entertaining. But then I'm someone who I've I have been watching football since it's been back on. I have been watching some of the sports. And it's that art it's that artificial crowd noise which really is weird. When you see a shot of the stadium, you see obviously there's no one there because people are not allowed in the football stadiums yet. But it's completely empty, but you've got that generated FIFA video game like soundtrack going on. So it's just a yeah, yeah. And then every now and again, when the goal scores, it's about ten seconds late. You hear that yeah. It's 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 so weird. I, I 
and, and I can't watch it without the crowd noise. Um, mm. I find that bizarre watching without the crowd. I mean, yeah. I was watching um, <laughs> basketball the other day, and they're starting to have people back into uh, mm. the. Events. And I watched a bit of baseball earlier, and they've, they've got uh, people back in their stadiums. <laughs> I think uh, WrestleMania's got. Uh, I think they're allowed 25,000 people there. And obviously, we're being a bit cautious with it, and mm. we're going to have, I believe, crowds back by June. If yeah, because goes... yeah, I think for the last few Premier League games that they want to try and get people back into the stadiums. And, yeah, do, do you know, I, I didn't realise until a few weeks ago when someone told me that you could turn off the crowd noise when watching the football. So I've been watching it thinking... Oh God! I wish I could turn this off. I didn't realise that you could press the button. It goes. Oh no! No, you've just got the sounds and commentary. But then I'd find that really weird as well. I, you know, you can't really win. And when you say about like basketball, basketball must be really weird when it's empty because you got to think that's an indoor sport. So every time that ball's bouncing, it's reverberating around the whole room. Yeah, that's just that's just so strange in my opinion. <laughs> They're starting to have crowds back in, which mm. is. It's a good. It's a great. Great to see people back in there. Uh, I know they were talking. There was talk. Yeah, well, I don't read newspapers. I mean, I, I'll glance at them. Uh, I was seeing an article about uh, for like the FA Cup the, about vaccine passports and. Oh yes. Um, I've I don't know. Um, I see it. People having it for the pubs and stuff like that. I don't think the pubs will go for it. I can I can understand for big sporting events, the gigs and. Mm. Um, mass travel but i really don't understand it for small thing if you're going to have a vaccine passport then that means you know you're res- you're restricting people um yeah from you, you'd have to have it for everything if you're going to have it for the pub you're going to have yeah. to have it go to why don't you need it for the supermarket or when the retail opens you know yeah i i get that and the the one thing that i said in defense of this and in some ways i think it is a silly idea because like you say it makes you feel like, you know, you can't go and do anything at all if you have to have this vaccine passport. And sometimes, you know, it may not be your choice because maybe, you know, it might not be your time for your vaccination. You might not have had that chance to have been yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been contacted for a vaccine. I know I could probably book one. Hmm. Um, but, you know, there's far more vulnerable people out there that, yeah. that, are, that need it, uh, you know. Exactly. And if, you, if we do that... Uh, um, have a vaccine passport for you. Go, you're going to create a two-tier society sort of thing, mm. and more divide as there is too much of it anyway at the moment. Um, and but I think it's. I, I was reading that it's down to. Um, it'll be down to the discretion of the pub. Mm. If a pub goes right, we'll, we'll have one, and then the other one doesn't. Where's everybody going to go? You exactly. Know? But the thing is, what I said as well in defence of the passports. You've got to look at some of these companies, some of these businesses. They've not had any trade, any business for such a long time. Yeah. To reopen and then be told a day later, can you imagine, you're, oh, no, there's been a positive case. No, you've got to shut everything down there for another 10 days. Now, to have something that's gone up and running, you know, they've put so much time and money getting everyone back into work. They're getting all the pay weight, like packets. All, everything's all back. You've got all your stock and everything to go and all of a sudden you get told oh no we need to shut the pub again for whatever i see it in that sense i know that there is going to be there's going to be many teething issues with whatever decision goes on and then there's the other side of it as well you know if you do have the vaccine passports 
like you say, you're going to have people that... Can you imagine like, you going to the pub with your friends? You know, four of you are going to the pub. Three of you have got the vaccine passport. And one of you sadly hasn't because you, you know, you haven't had your vaccine yet. You just haven't been able to, you know, you haven't been accepted to go and get it yet. How shitty is that going to be when you say to your friends, no, sorry, I can't go to the pub because, you know, technically I'm not allowed because I, I haven't had the jab yet. That's an extremely sh- shitty thing. I mean, I, as I said to you, I can understand it for a mass gathering of thousands of people. Mm. Um, yeah. I can understand it for travel. Um, mm. But I just don't really... I think it'd be, it'd be awful for pubs because it, it will probably discourage a lot of people not to go. Mm. And, it, and there'd be loads of people that couldn't go. And these people were um, are craving for business like and you touched a good point earlier, them having maybe to shut the pub down because of mm. a positive case. But I just sort of think, you know, it's now time we learn to sort of live with this in, in a way. Mm. And if a pub has to shut down, then it's unfortunate. Um, I'm trying to say what I want to say very carefully. Um, just don't name any actual pub, otherwise you might get barred from it. You know, I, I just think... <laughs> I think I just think it's a bit of a, a bit of a dangerous game. Um, hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I think when you're going to get these, uh, you know, like you say, this is something that yes, we are going to probably be living with, uh, you know, beyond our own lifetimes. This is something that's never yeah. really going to go away, but it's going to be the way that it impacts. And hopefully, it'd be nice to say that in a year's time, if someone said that they have COVID, if they had coronavirus. It would be treated like the flu. You know, you'd literally go to your go to the <coughs> GP, you go to go to the pharmacy and they go, right, yep, here's a couple of tablets, take these, get a day or two sleep. You know, hopefully you'll be right as rain after that. That's I, that, that would think, be the hope. I think um, you're right there. I think because it, it's not going to go away. We're, we're going to have to have to live with it now. Hmm. Um, it will just become part of our lives and flu like as it, well, it, it technically it is can be described as yeah. a flu. Um, we're, yeah, we're going to have to live with it, and people need to be responsible. And you know, I think what the great thing is because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. You know, as soon as someone's got a cold, they go home now, which is great because I hate having a fucking cold. <laughs> like literally, I'll if someone has a cold, I'll avoid you like like the plague. Mm. Um, yeah, that's um, a great choice of words. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we're lucky we're not living through that. Um, <laughs> mm. um, but no, like uh, it is going to around it is it isn't going anywhere um, i'm not saying that we should just open stuff up and because there's a whole process that needs to happen like um you know i think when people have it they will be build up the antibodies and stuff like that. but obviously it can still go to be transferred to other people um it's that whole thing about um what's the word i'm looking for where where everybody sort of has had it um i don't know if you Oh, Never mind. The, oh, um, like herd uh, immunity. that's it. Herd, herd immunity. Yeah, I, I could, I could figure the second word. I couldn't get the first word in my mind. So, yeah, like, so I think we'll get to that point, and having the vaccine available will mm. it will just open so many doors. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not in a rush to get to go out there and get a vaccine. Uh, I'll have it when what my time time is. Time yeah. is supposed to be because I said there's many people uh, before me that are a lot more vulnerable than I am, that, and people that work in education and 
nursing and again we 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 touched on this sort of earlier about um you know anti-vaxxers and um people that are advocates for the science so when i mean i'm not going to sit here and say that i know the science and this is a scam and that's a scam and you know um i just don't think it's really fair of anyone to say everyone's got their stance and opinion i don't think it's very fair for people to go around saying you know, it, it's got a microchip in it, or it's it's this is a plan to fucking kill off everybody else. Mm. I think this is uh, ludicrous. And I said, whatever side, as I said earlier, whatever side of the spectrum you sit on, I, I just think you're all just being played. Mm. You know, like um, we're going back to the, the whole bickering on social media about it, which just really just winds me up because I just think you know, there's a narrative that is being played and the social media is not doing what it's intended for it originally to do and it's just becoming a, a breeding ground for hate really uh, whatever, whatever discussion you're having on there whatever debate you're having on there whether it be on uh, covid or this black life matters uh it's gone over the past year brexit which was pretty volatile you know, the, people need to understand because there's so much availability out there that you can be in contact with people. And there, generally, there's more arseholes out there in the fucking world. Mm. And people just get too upset about it. And, you know, if someone's got a different opinion to me, then that's that's fine. I'm not going to get upset that someone has a different opinion to me because um, that's just the way the world is. Um, I'm not going to get riled up and rant up about it and upset about it and let, let that ruin my day. Uh, it's just you have to find a way to sort of switch off externally about it. And I think that's what people do not do. They, uh, they consume, we consume so much media that, you know, it boggles the mind, like your subconsciousness, you can, when you're flicking through a phone, you can, you can process so much information that you don't even know, you don't even realize that, you know, subconsciously. Um, Mm. And this is what I was going, going to go, back too early when we went into that uh, lockdown around Christmas time, which was pretty awful. Um, I started learning a lot about the, the mind and um, um, a lot about meditation and stuff like that. And um, I learned about like, um, we create our own realities by, and your reality is pretty much your perception mm. of things, you know, and you look at how people manifest chaos into their lives because of how much negativity they're consuming on a daily basis going flicking through their phone looking at certain articles on social media because I, I rarely see something positive on social media like apart from a funny funny meme or or a video but it just seems to be when whenever you log log on there you just see some form of negativity and or criticism uh you, i think you get the point i'm trying to make like um mm. yes people wonder why there's so much chaos going on in their lives it's because the the amount they're consuming uh i said people don't realize the power of their minds and how they create their own realities through their perceptions mm. and their circle and what they're reading and what they're into what they're watching what they're listening to you know um i always believe that there is something more to life than people actually realize and people scoff sometimes when i talk about it and we'll know like uh it's pretty ignorant to think that there isn't something more i'm not saying that i'm a religious guy i'm not like uh, you had like albert einstein and uh was agnostic and 
Nikola Tesla uh, described as human beings as a, a frequency that we all give off. I'm describing a frequency as a, a vibe. You know? Yeah. Have you yeah. ever met a person where you just got a vibe of them, whether it be good or positive? I could I could be very soppy and say, you know, that was my partner, but then she'd say I'm being stupid, so I won't say that. Um, but no, I, I think, yeah, I think you do feel that. And some people do have, like you say, they feel like sometimes that they're they're on a different frequency. You you kind of pick up on them more than than others. Yes. But I will, Joe. You know I'm going to ask because obviously you've said about meditation. You said that you've obviously taken that up. I am very interested to ask. I'm not going to ask it in a very piss takey way. But when you go to meditate, how do you do it? Do you have like a mat on the ground? Do you have candles lit? Do you have incense going off? Are you you know, do you have the lights down? Do you have music on? What what's your what's your routine? In the morning, I, I meditate several times a day. In, in the morning, so I will, uh, I, I will not look at my phone. Um, I don't want to consume anything, or I want to have a clear mind. I will drive to work. I'll grab a coffee. I'll leave my coffee to cool down, and I'll just sit down in a chair, and I'll clear my mind, breathe deep, and I usually imagine a beam of light, white light going through me, which they, they recommend that you do. Um, or I could do some guided meditation sometimes. Sometimes listen to some music, uh, meditation music to go with it. Like so, I'll do that. I'll do that several times a day for about five, ten minutes at a time. Um, it was really because I was so desperate um, to get rid of negativity out of my life and negative thoughts and trying to conquer my, my subconsciousness, mm. which um, it's not an easy thing to do is to sort of reprogram your brain. And I'm still doing that, like a especially when we've all gone through a lot in our lives personally. And, you know, it's been a, a difficult couple of years. And, you know, I, I've done pretty well to conquer um, conquer all of that, you know. I, I think when I, I lost, like, 70 pounds, you know, I wanted to, to conquer that. So I've conquered that, you know. I wanted to go, I wanted to go do this, I wanted to go, get promoted in my job and stuff like that. So it's all about planting seeds mm. and stuff. And like, uh, it's about this sort of this law of attraction sort of thing. You know, you, you ever find when you, you're in a low vibe, a negative vibe that not many great things sort of happen to you. You get, you sort of get more of that. And it's, I'm not saying that you can just switch it off like a light because you can't, unfortunately you, you just can't, but I just tend to try and be, as positive as I can to attract those positive things that um, come into life. And it's not, I see it as like a superpower and anyone can do this, but it just takes a lot of work and I'm, I'm not perfected it yet. Um, but I remember uh, I, I wanted uh, a promotion at my job and, you know, you have to take some, you have to take some action with, with whatever goal you have. You just can't let it, it's not going to fall in your lap you're going to have to take some sort of action. And I think I, uh, I, I we had a new director and I um, went in his office just to introduce myself and just explain my ambitions in the summer. I thought nothing of, nothing of it because, um, you know, nothing that happened for months. Um, but I just sort of let it go. Um, I didn't obsess over it, um, which is another thing they say, that if you want to manifest things into your life that, you know, you set your intention and you just sort of, you let it go and um a few months later i got offered a promotion which was great like um 
but there's other things that um you know I, I went through an awful breakup during lockdown as well um and that that was really hard uh, for me to take and you know i believe it was it happened for a reason and there's, there's a lot of things that went on i don't go into it too much because it's still quite a painful no, of course. um but you know i i think i manifested a lot of a lot of what happened you know and i was and i wanted it back um, but uh, there was that obsession about you know having that back um and i couldn't i couldn't let it go like uh, I, I just knew i i couldn't let it go and and this is why i sort of went to myself i need to walk away from walk away from this because it's not good for me mentally and it's not gonna get me up to that vibe that i need to be at to you know attract what i want into my life you know you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be like uh i did a lot of things wrong in, in, in that aspect because i, I was just a, a bit of a novice at the time i should have just left all that alone but um i think at that sort of time going into lockdown and stuff and a lot of personal stuff going on in my life you know it was really hard you wanted that companionship and and i think my main goal now so i've got a lot of things in my life that are, are going well for me there's just one more thing you know i think that everybody really wants this just good companionship and love in their life like uh, that that's sort of the journey i'm on minute but you know i have to sort of this is why i meditate is just get that vibe up and get that vibe and try and let go of things so yeah it's it's been an interesting journey this this lockdown for me i mean it's been a bit of a roller coaster but um, i'm going to see where life takes me I know people say I'm gonna just gonna go with the flow, which is for me. I'm like, well, no, like I don't want to go with that flow that is negative. You know, I want to. If I'm not in a good space, I want to go with the flow where it's it takes me into a more positive direction. So I want to change that. Like, uh, hmm. I think people don't realise that they everybody sort of has that sort of power that they can they can do that it's not i'm not saying it's not going to take five minutes it's not it's it's it comes naturally easier for other people it just takes a bit of time and you know as long as they have that belief that they can do it then they i don't see why you couldn't you know it's it's yeah it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster but it's, it's it's been an interesting journey and i learned a lot about myself and i've learned a lot about what i want like and i think coming out of this lock, lockdown uh, i want to take advantage of that freedom and being with people and finding what I want, you know, in life. Ah, that's, 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 that is really nice to hear. So two things I'm going to add. One, I do apologize for the fucking dogs because um, that's, that's something, something I think spooked them in the park. And every time they hear another dog, they kind of have to make themselves heard. And then one of them decides to do this weird howling as well for about a minute. But yeah little shits um but anyway and the other thing i will say is that you know i've I, you know i've known you for it, it, yeah i'm trying not to make it sound soppy everything. i've known you now for pretty much half my life you know when we was in that college room together you you always find you always find people that you like you say you kind of get like these different vibes from and you, you know you used to have these people that have their own identity everyone who had their own way of being and do you know even to this day the one thing i still remember 
from when we was in that class was just every now and again, I remember when we was halfway through a project and all of a sudden you started singing out some really random song lyrics or you're making up your own lyrics to certain songs. And it was like, this guy's quite fun, you know. He he's he he knows how to how to enjoy life. He knows how to how to have a laugh and and that's one of the things that you know, even now, it's really nice to it's really nice to speak to you because you know, you have got such a unique identity and you are you know, you are a very interesting person. And this is one of the things I always found was very weird that you never ended up on like any of these shows or anything where, you know, all right, this is Mark, what's your question? Like something like that. I always thought that you would have been like almost like, I don't know, not so much like an agony uncle, but you'd be like one of these guys that would be giving like world worldly advice. I, I always, I don't know, I always had that as a vision. That's it's very nice for you to say that. And uh, I think, you know, um, a lot has changed since then. I don't feel like I'm the same person um, as I was back then. Um, a lot has changed, and you know, I've, I think I remember before we before you asked me to come on it, like he said, um, you know, make try and they got not try and be funny, but make some funny comments and stuff. I went, I'm not sure if I'm that person anymore, you know. Um, and I, 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 you know, you are right. I. I had an intention that I wanted that is what I wanted to do is what you said and I think I got involved in my um I kind of kind of had a period in my life when I went off the rails a little bit and you know I got involved in taking lots of drugs and drinking lots of alcohol and I was pretty much a mess and um I got involved with the wrong people and um I've, I've, I've eliminated those people out of my life now and uh mm. I, I'm quite sober, but um, I've always wanted to do something. Like, um, and I've always sat there and contemplated it. And I, I think I've sat there and contemplated it a bit too much instead of just going to do it. And, and I think there's that part of me that's like, um, I need. I, I, in order for me to do something like that, I need the sort of a network of the right elements and the right people around me to. Mm. Yeah, I get that to get that going and I, I need to go on that journey like and I want to go on that journey like and it's it's pretty hard in a sort of COVID world and I, I do want to do those things and um, you know um, that's kind of one of my regrets in life is that I didn't um, because I got inv I involved in other things and I think either way even if I would have reached those what you said um I would have eventually gone that way anyway because I just think that's the way it would have played out. And not to say that I, I do, it's something that I do want to do. And I would love to go speak uh, to people and help people and be put on that 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 stage. Um, it, maybe it's just having that sort of confidence in myself that I can do that. But yeah, uh, I think where where I've been through quite a lot, and I'm pressing sort of the reset button in the, the past years, and I'm just only doing that recently. Um, I am thinking about doing a project. I bought a, I bought a camera and stuff like that, so I'm waiting for this this sort of lockdown to end. Um, I think I did try something a few years ago that was a bit of a dud. Um, 
And I think that's I think that sort of knocked me confidence quite a lot. Hey, hey, we've we've all done stuff that's never worked out, and um, you know there there is things that you kind of look back and you go, "Fuck, I really did that." Jesus Christ. Um, and you know, it's even like this. You know, I I spent ages with ideas on shows, podcasts, and things I would do because after. After um, I stopped doing radio, I was like, right, I want to get on another project. I really want to have something that I can, I can really put my time into, that I can really have fun with. And it, it, it is difficult, you know. It's difficult to get yourself in that mindset of going, yes, I, I have an idea, but then it's following on with that idea is the hardest part. I will yeah. say, yeah, I will say that the that the best advice I got. And bear in mind, it did take a, a while for me to actually hit the mark that I was looking for. One of the best bits of advice I got was actually from the filmmaker, Kevin Smith. When I just asked him, playing outright, face-to-face, I said, I really want to make a podcast. I really want to be in that world. What would you advise me? And he said... Podcast, yeah, he's, he's a fucking legend, Kevin Smith. And... I so I said to him, yeah. What advice would you give me? And he literally just said, "You've got to have a passion for something. You've got to be able to talk about something. If you can talk, if you can hold yourself for an hour, two hours, three hours talking about something, and you feel like you can carry on for even longer, you know you've got something good. If you believe in it, you can do it." And you know, it really stuck with me. And it was really tricky for me to think, right? What am I going to do? What can I go with? And you know, I've for years I've contributed to a, a geeky one called Geek Pride, and I I absolutely love Geek Pride. But you know, that's not my project itself. That's something I like being part of, but that's not my identity. And I tried doing various versions, and I tried doing a bit of a, maybe, you know, it was still a bit geeky, but I was trying to do it on my own level. But I I never felt like that was my own thing. And then all of a sudden, I came up with all things suck, and I was like, yeah, this is. This is enjoyable. And it wasn't until after I'd completed that first recording, I was like, do you know what? I'm actually really enjoying this. And I thought, you know, the recording was only about 45 minutes. I I said to myself, I could honestly do this for an hour, two hours, three hours. I do regret sometimes the three hours because then after a while you start getting a bit achy and you just want to stretch. You're like, oh, God. And it's lost post-work as well. Yeah, that's it as well. (laughs) It's the post-editing when you're listening back to it. And I'll be honest, most of the time it ain't too bad, but I will listen to every second of it again just to make sure, yeah, no, that bit's all right, that's a bit, it's okay. Or if you get a little bit of a dud, you go, no, I'll slice that out. But then sometimes if I find something that I think is unintentionally humorous, something that I think you know, could be entertaining, I'll go, fuck it, I'll leave it there. You know, it's uh, got, got to give something to the to the avid listener, to the, to the guys and girls that are obviously, you know, supporting what I'm doing. And... Uh, Let's just say, you know, in terms of the ratio, we, I definitely need some more female listeners because uh, I looked at my statistics, it was like 88% are male, which, you know, ain't necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, I, I need to I need to up the game. I need to, you know, have a have a difference in, in the content. But, you know, it's been nice. It's nice when you get people that even message you and they go, can I be part of your show? And it's like, yeah, of course you can, you know. I love yeah. that. And it's, and it's the idea that I've had... Many different people who have come from different backgrounds, different countries even. And it's nice to talk about things that, you know, things that do personally affect. But also at times we can talk about some of the things that are, like, you know, that are smaller scale. It's just, 
it's just an idea. And sometimes, and I've said this before, I, I think of this sometimes as therapy. It's a way of talking about things that are on your mind. You're able to get it out there. And I don't charge you £35 an hour for the privilege of it. So, you know. Yeah, and he said, like, uh, I listened to uh, Kevin Smith's podcast. Um, well, he's got a few podcasts, but I absolutely love his podcasts. Mm. Um, um, and he said, like, it's, as you said, it's a bit therapeutic as well. Uh, and it's something that I've been uh, thinking about doing, and some, some people have been saying to me, you should do one. And I always think, what what can I talk about? What can, you know, even, even if, if my... Uh, subjects that i'm passionate about you know what's stopping from people wanting to listen to the expert or the, the professional in that um and i think that's maybe that's an excuse or maybe that's but because i always think well, why do people why would people want to listen to me over mm. everybody what, else what i find is it's not so much about the expertise it's about the passion and that yeah. like i said when kevin smith said that to me when he said it's about you've got to have a passion that really did sit with me. It's like, you know, as much as I could, you know, I could talk about some subjects, you know, I I could really go into detail on certain things. I, you know, I might know it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's a, it's something that I have to talk about. But when it's something that you go, right, I can, I can talk about this because emotionally I feel the attachment and I can expand on what i'm talking about i can go into different areas and another thing that does come up quite well in this podcast is the tangents as well it's nice to go from one subject to another because you're not nailing down to one concrete thing you can expand what you're talking about you don't just have to stay in one general corridor you can veer off to to different places and yeah that that's what that's what makes it fun for me this is one thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to have a show that didn't really have that kind of boundary. I wanted to be able to like introduce anyone who wanted to give me the time, who wanted to give me their their effort to come in, have a chat. I'm always more than happy for that. And it's it's nice when you see people that are willing to open up as well. They can talk about things that have, you know, this year has been shit. And that was the primary force for putting this podcast together. And a lot of it has been arguably talking about pandemic, talking about COVID, because, you know, that's the big thing. That is everything that is going on in the world. And many things that you are doing, many things that you are doing are, you know, are affected by the current world situation. And it's the way that people have shown me how their lives are, that they, the way that they get on with everything that has been going on. It, it is enlightening and it makes you, I don't know, it makes you appreciate yourself sometimes even more because you do think, you know, oh, I'm having such a hard time. Things are, are bad in ways. Things have been really tough. And when people are willing to talk about, you know, what they've been through and some of the tragedy, some of the pain, the suffering that's been going on, it makes me really appreciate that, you know, as much as I sometimes may think things are tough, I don't have it anywhere near as bad as some other people. And if wow. I can see someone who has had such a hard month, a hard year, they've had real big tragedies in their life, but they can still pick themselves up, they can dust themselves off, and they are willing to talk about it, they're willing to grow from it. You know, I can't help but admire them people. Anyone that puts themselves out on the line like, uh, like that is um, more power to them. And, you know, I've come on here today and I've... I've said a lot and said how, how hard it's been and it has been hard but i said there is going to be an end to, to this 
and I'm going to take full advantage of what is in front of me and go after what I want in life. Yeah, um, as you should. You know, uh, even more so. And again, it might come back to this podcasting. I sit there and contemplate what, what on earth. Do you know what? I think if you were to set up a podcast, Mark, I can't imagine it not being popular at all. I can just see so many people would happily sit down for a half hour, hour at a time of you talking, of you going through your worldview, you're talking about what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. I can't see that not being popular. I can just imagine so many people would attach themselves to that. You know, they would be hooked on what you had to say and going through experiences yourself, talking about the things that you have seen, the things that you have gone through, that is relatable and people do see that. And even if someone hasn't been through it themselves, it's a way of exploring a different way of life. It's a way of someone seeing, you know, the other side of things. And yeah, I reckon, I reckon you should honestly look at it. I can't, I can't believe that you haven't done it already. Let's just put it that way. And yeah, and you are, you are a great guy. There is, there is a lot of people who I would listen to and I go, no, Joe, what? they're quite boring. This is someone who just doesn't want to really give me the time and day. They don't really, they can't really be fussed. I will just say, in case anyone is listening from previous podcasts and anyone listening on future podcasts, you are all great. None of you were boring at all. You were all absolutely lovely. <laughs> um, just in case I get I get a message later going, what the fuck did you say? No, no. Um, but no, Mark, you, you have got, I think, a great gift for talking. You have got a you you you've got a presence that I think should be shared. And if you did go onto the podcast route, if you did take on something like that, I can't think of anyone better to really put themselves behind a microphone than yourself. So yeah, if you're gonna do it, I'd say go for it. You know, you'd definitely be supported on that. It's kind of uh, another reason when you approached me to in the week to um talk about on a podcast. I was like, okay, like this could be uh a good thing for me and i'm you know like the film yes man like uh yeah that, that's, oh what that's... did i catch you on the best day then did i you know that was your day you just say yes to everything no like this yeah is... yeah i'll do it yeah yeah um, i don't want to really my, that philosophy i'm going to adopt is to say yes to not everything but yeah, say be careful on that yeah um yes uh yes do you fancy um do you fancy bungee jumping out of this plane um no I don't like heights as well. So. <laughs> oh, it's not so much about the heights. It's just, it's that, just I don't it, like yeah. the idea of doing the jumping. It's the it's the idea of it snapping. And um, yeah. I said that I've become a bit of a, an overthinker and a, a bit too overanalytical um, <laughs> in recent years. So I kind of replay a lot of stuff and think about every sort of possible scenario. Yeah. I mean, in some ways that's a, a good thing, but you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Um. But it, it, this, this is what I plan on doing once the world sort of opens back up is, yeah. you know, to say yes to more things that are going to have a positive impact on my life and take me in. Because you don't know where life is going to take you. Um, there's so many times that, you know, when someone's offered their hand to help you and they say you've said no or something and you don't know if saying no to that person could have led you somewhere or could have been something more. Or you, you just don't know what I think my philosophy on life is that it's more than people that people know and I think people are just strategically placed in your life and they reach out uh, not nothing's 
by accident or a coincidence in my eyes. I think everything is on purpose. Um, I, I know it's kind of a, probably a weird concept uh, to some people when I talk about this kind of thing, but I don't think anything is uh, on per is by accident. Sorry, everything is on purpose. Hmm. I think everything that's there to sort of is an, an opportunity to present itself. And sometimes, I think most of the time, people just go shun it away and they just reject it or they say no. Um, and I mean, I'm guilty of that doing that in the past. So, and I don't want to do that anymore I've, i want to say yes to more things that are going to be have a positive impact on my life and take me down a, a journey that i don't know where it's going to take me and see where i end up because yeah. I, I do like taking a, a, the odd risk as well and i think no risk no reward sometimes like um but yeah like uh, i'm really up for the next chapter in life and do you know what? I think before we finish this podcast, I like to finish on a on a on a happy note. I like to think of the things that you know may necessarily not bring us joy now, but things something to look forward to, something that will um, evoke some kind of positive emotion. So, Mark, I'm going to ask finally, what brings you happiness? That's a very very good question. Um, and again, I, as I said before, um, we started recording. Make sure it's nothing incriminating, so you know. <laughs> that, that, that leaves it a very short list. And um, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> I, get, I guess, like it comes back to that thing. What's most important in life to me is happiness. It's not about having the material aspects of life, um, and they're, they're great and they're important. Um, you can't do much about them, sort of the materialistic sort of things in, in life. As, as I was saying, that I think a lot of people in life, they ask you if you've got this and you ask if you've got that. They don't really ask you if you're happy. Um, again, because I think that's the most important thing in life is your happiness. And I think you have to be sort of comfortable in yourself and realise what can take you to that happiness. And I, I did, I've taken little baby steps to get into that mindset and you know i said i lost I lost 70 pounds um because that would lead me to somewhere but i think what what would bring me sort of happiness which i'm not saying i'm not happy i am is to have something meaningful like a, a companionship like a, a meaningful because uh you know i went through said i went through like an awful breakup like a at the end of like a last year and i thought that was it for me i thought that was the uh the one like uh and it hadn't panned out that way and it fucking was pretty fucking awful and i sort of realized what i wanted um out of life and that was kind of what i wanted like just something simple and i think that um, i know it sounds corny and cheesy but i think you know love does conquer all and it's um it's very powerful it's more powerful than hate you know it can light always overshadows the darkness i think and I think it's the most powerful emotion that we have as people. And I think anyone that wants to, to be alone in a, in this sort of era that we're going through, I think that's kind of sad because I think people these days, that they just like being on their own these days. Like, um, And I think that's quite sad. And I think life is a bit more than that. But I'm not saying it's easy to uh, find something meaningful because it's really hard. Um, and it's not easy. Um, but yeah, 
that's in a nutshell i think that love is the key for happiness true love Hang on, two seconds. God, this be in here, Mark. Yeah. Hang on. What's the matter? I'm on the. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there we go. Just so you know, that's not being cut out. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, uh, I've lost time. That's my train. Oh God. Um, all right, let's 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 start again. So so yeah, what brings you happiness? You can follow John Joe on Twitter at John Joe Cosgrove or on the All Things Suck Facebook page. Wait a minute. All Things Suck. Are you trying to say I suck, John Joe? I've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs>